Hello and welcome back to Hack Chats for this, our third episode with the Wayside Chapel. Over the course of the next hour, you'll hear my chat with the Reverend Graham Anson, who's sort of helping to run the project down here in Bondi. Now, this man is such a sort of wise, calming influence. I felt myself relaxing just over the course of the interview, and I'm sure that might transpire to you guys as, as you listen to it. He's just trying to do good at a time when people most need it. This is a man that is attracted to terrible situations to so just try and do his bit to improve them. We discuss all the different ways that the Wayside Chapel is going about helping the homeless from their numerous different projects, their cafes, their op shops, their community gardens, and of course, the chapel itself. We discuss religion, of course, and the strengths and weaknesses that might have in helping someone out through homelessness. Um, but I particularly enjoyed our chat about gardening and how that is playing an unusual role in helping the homeless. Something I've only ever come to really recently and I'm thrilled that it's something that can help out everyone. I feel old really, I feel old that now gardening is something I do but but that's just life, get on with it. I hope you enjoy the episode, I hope it inspires you to research a few homeless charities in your local area. If you do live in Sydney, do pop down to the Heart Cafe in Bondi or to the King's Cross one. You know, these guys are doing some amazing work and you know they're not just asking for money or support just pop in and say hi and and you know buy a coffee from them or buy a coffee for someone it's it's a wonderful thing they're doing i'd encourage everyone to to go and check it out and be inspired by them so here it is my third episode with the reverend graham anson Welcome to the show, and welcome, more importantly, to the Wayside Chapel, where I'm joined by the Reverend Graham Anson, the Executive Minister here. All right. That's right, yes, right. yes. Now, when I first came across this incredible charity uh, when I was filming a show called Filthy Rich and Homeless, a documentary here in Sydney, and was really just blown away by all the work that you guys do, both here in Bondi and in, in King's mm, Cross. Mm. And I guess the obvious start would be to ask you, what does the Wayside Chapel do? But I've realise from researching that is such a massively broad <laughs> question you might just be talking for the rest of this show be, so yes. instead i'll help you out by stating some facts right so in an average week the wayside chapel provide 482 showers and toiletries 1629 low-cost meals 533 changes of clothes and underwear and 303 instances of practical help from collecting mail to phone support. Mm, mm. So, in a sentence, what does a day look like for you? <laughs> uh, it depends on the day, of course, but uh, look, it can involve anything from uh, being with our visitors, like I'll, I'll head up to our community services centre on, on many days. I, I call bingo on Tuesdays at our community services mm -hmm. centre. And then it will usually involve um, having a meal with a few people, having conversations, um, chatting with staff, chatting with volunteers. We've got a great pool of volunteers. They're absolutely wonderful people, our staff as well. Um, it could include meeting with someone who, who wanted to talk to me about you know, issues and, and things that are going on in life that they can't get on top of. Um, sometimes it'll invo involve going for a walk and talk with somebody and just uh, you know catching up with people. It, it'll, it generally... 
I'm really in a privileged position because a lot of my work is about my work, and I put inverted commas around that because it doesn't feel like work a lot of the time. It's just about meeting people, mm. and I mean that genuinely. Like that—that's the real part of my my day to day. That's the best part is the meeting people. You know, I, I can spend time in meetings all day, but not actually meet anybody. Mm. Um, so I'm really fortunate. Wayside, the Wayside Way really encourages you to to meet and be met. You know, so. Well, they say their vision is love over hate, which yes. I think is such a beautiful way of approaching this. Mm. And, you know, judging by what you're saying in terms of meeting people, I hear it so often from homeless people that the hardest thing about it, in, in, well, I can say it's the hardest thing, but one of the things that always, mm. always seems to come up is that as soon as you become homeless, in inverted commas, you effectively become invisible. Mm. You know, people mm. ignore you and they mm. walk past you and don't want to communicate, don't want to mm. just sit down and have a chat. Mm. It sounds like, you know, you're doing that every day, just giving someone a stage to... To talk and, and communicate with someone. Definitely, definitely. We we work really hard at, at it, it's the meeting that's the most important part of, mm. of what who we are and what we're all about. And so, as I say, our, our vision statement is love over hate, which is, I mean, really, I guess the change we want to see in in our sphere of influence. But our mission statement, which is sort of how we see ourselves doing that, is through creating community with no us and them. And that's where the magic is. Like there's this real sense in which we're, we, we're meeting people where they're at. We, we have these little mottos and you know, one of them is, is we don't see people as problems to be fixed. We see them as people to be met. So, wow. so in any, any, because you know, you'll, you'll know yourself and I, in, our, in our culture, in our times, people see you, like a lot of, a lot of your kind of meetings with people are either because you're, you're, you're either being viewed as a, a customer or a competitor or a client, you know, and if you think about the last time you had a coffee with someone and, and you know, you've just got to raise one little problem and suddenly that, that's a door open for somebody to be the expert in the conversation yeah, yeah. and fix things up. And, uh, and, and when, you're, when you're homeless or got mental health issues or whatever, everyone wants to fix you up. Everyone wants to fix you. So, so that's why Wayside Week... I mean, you can use the word charity about us, but I actually think we're much more like a movement. I was reluctant to use that word, get it? I didn't know yeah. exactly what... what it's much more like a movement. Be. Because charity kind of says... And, and I, look, there's charities, and fantastic. I mean, and we rely on public donations, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, we need, we, we need charitable people to, to do what we do. Um, but, but what we do is the meeting. And, um, and the, like, charity kind of... It, it works on this cycle or on, on this dynamic that says, I've got free crap and you need free crap, so you'll come to me for the free crap and I'll give you the free crap. And yeah. I'll feel really good yeah. about giving you free crap and you'll always feel like you, you know, you'll always have that sense in which you're not good enough because you've always got to, you're going to, always going to need the free stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, or even if it's, you know, like this. So we try really hard not to, be a, not to come from that place. Uh, like our, even our cafes are low-cost cafes. There's very few free meals with the wayside. Now, don't get me wrong, you you get great meals. We get a lot of really good food donated. And one of the classic stories going around is um, two of our visitors having... The meal cost two bucks, right? And two of our visitors are having an argument over what tasted better. Was it quail or spatchcock? Yeah, yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so, so the food's great. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I've had, you know, got got a rack of lamb up there one day for two bucks so it's kind of like um it, it it's got this real dignity about it mm. and it's about meeting well so you've 
Well, you've worked in community-based projects that right since the 80s. You've done this for a long yeah, time. Yeah, that's right. And you've been in Bondi in the uh, in the Bondi place. Wayside Chapel since 2015? About five or six years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what was it that first drew you to this particular project? Uh, well, I got asked to come here because there were some, some things going on with Bondi that just um, at the time needed needed a bit of just a different minister in place. So, um, so I ended up here, and I always saw myself as being in these kind of placements. I mean, previous to here, I was at Cameltown, and a lot of my work was in the community there. I mean, I started out as a youth worker in Redfern running drop-in centres for street kids and, and, you know, like running kids, like, we, you know, we have a drop-in centre three nights a week doing street work. Uh, there's nothing that shocks me, you know, because yeah. everything from drugs to um, to breaking up knife fights to, um, you know, to, to sexual abuse through to a whole range of things. And so I, I've always been drawn to places where, and a lot of my, my placements have been in, in settings where... People are um, kind of struggling with life, or, or, or they're, and some in some cases, kind of feeling outside of the any sense of deservedness of love or or acceptance by I mean, you know, the church or God, or, like that kind of appeals to me. Like there's a real sense in which I've got to feel like I've got a different message to bring. So, so Bondi um, appeals because of the because of what was going on here like the work that was going on in the community some really, you know really good work it's before wayside got before we became part of wayside um there already was you know an op shop and, and a, uh and a community services center which was still doing the same sort of thing meals and uh and there's been a bit of a shift in the culture of that place but but ultimately it was you know doing meals and showers and internet and all and, and helping people find housing and all those kinds of things and and that's what appeals to me. Like, like I, yeah, I, like, I, it's it's that real sense of just being where I think life's tough. So almost going towards the trouble, running yeah. towards the yeah the trouble, the dangerous yeah, situations yeah. to help out in any way you can. Yeah, yeah that's a very noble, noble approach. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just something. It's it's something innate in me. Like, I've always just had a bit of a sense of. Um, being a bit drawn to people, and uh, not again. It, I mean, I've gained so much. Like it's like I don't. It's not about. I feel like I've got so much to give. In many ways, it's if I'm being honest, part of it's because I've got so much to receive. Yeah, and I know that sounds trite. I don't think that is trite, trite at all. I think that's that's true of almost anyone that is this sort of yeah. work. No one is just doing it to do good. Everyone no. gets a kick out of it. You know, yeah. and that is no. Yeah. Uh, that that's no hindrance on their personality. No, like that is yeah. that's just the circle of it. You know, that's the yeah. music bit. I think. Yeah, I think that anyone that has ever heard of Wayside Chapel mm-hmm. will know about the cafes and will uh, will know about the op shops. And what I like about Wayside is that if that's what you see of it, you're really not even seeing a tenth of it. You know, mm-hmm. I heard this beautiful phrase as, as a charity, homeless charity back home, called the Mustard Tree, mm-hmm. and they talk about. Not only giving out handouts, but giving up hand ups. Hand ups, that's right. Yeah. So it's about you know helping people. We're not mm. just trying to help those that are help- homeless. We're trying to dispel homelessness altogether. You know, by let's get yes. rid of this thing. Yes. Um, so there are so many programs here. I could talk about all of them. We do not have days to do this. No, no. But just to give a rough little sort of analysis. Yeah, and so some of those will be ones based in Kings Cross. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're so, talking yeah. about wayside. 
as a, as a whole yeah, community. Yeah, yeah, no, we're doing really There's the stuff. Wingspan project. Which yeah, that's is, in Bondi, is, yes. This is one you're involved with. It's a youth project. That is the, the disability insurance scheme, helping anyone who's disabled and, mm-hmm. and visits. There's the Aboriginal community one. Yes. 25% of all visitors to the Wayside Chapel are Aboriginal. So mm-hmm. it's giving them an empowerment and respect to sort of space to tell, their, tell and share their stories. I mean, there are millions here. Yeah. It's just incredible. And what I like about it is the fact that you know, they're all. It, I think people look at homeless people and think that is just one person, whereas actually, you know, it is as varied a community as any mm, community. Mm. If the projects don't work for you, that's fine. Go help out in the cafe. If the cafe didn't help for you, there's the chapel, there's the garden. Yes. You know, there's there's so many yes. different solutions for different types of people. Yes. Um. So what have what have you most enjoyed about working specifically on on the project, so the Wingspan project, for example? Sure. So uh, I mean, the Wingspan project is one that um, is one where we um, we have referrals of young people and, and the, the, the hope for them is, or, or our hope is, that they'll um, we take at-risk young people and we give them an opportunity to find life. So, uh, I mean, that means different things to different people, but in our case, we're trying to work with them to help them... Uh, we, we support them, we mentor them, we help them find education, but we also employ them. So that's where you, you know about our Heart Cafe, yes. which is we have two low-cost cafes, one in Bondi and one in King's Cross, but we also have a commercial cafe, a social enterprise cafe, which is the, the, the Heart Cafe, which is downstairs here at Roscoe Street. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the idea is that the Heart Cafe runs, on, runs with, the, with the part of its plan, apart from raising money, um, is also to employ at-risk young people. So we've got young people who have come through our program who, who now have employment with us. Uh, ideally, I mean, and I want to give her a plug, the Grumpy Baker. Yes. We have a partnership with Deb from the, the, the Grumpy Baker, Deb and Michael, and they do wonderful things for us. And they, uh, I mean, some of our young people have, have gone on to work um, some shifts at the, to, do, to work for her. Uh, and, and, and really, it'll, be, it'll only really be a full success when our young people are moving on into other employment and other places. That's when we know we've got the full success with it. But but just some of the, the stories that come out of it and, and, and the young people that we get to meet and to to um, work for and alongside and, you know, just to help them find life. And they're looking for it. They want it. And that's a real privilege, you know, to be with people when they're just sort of waking up that life can be a bit different than how I'm doing it right now. And it could be better and it could be different in a good way. It's interesting, so young, you sort of get referred to some young people. Generally, of, of all the people that do come in through the doors here, how many of them just stumble in because they've heard about it? How many get sent here? And how many are you out on the street sort of picking mm. up and, and, mm. and selling this whole idea to? Oh, yeah, sure. It's a real mix. So you've just picked mm. up all the different ways that people find out about really, us. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, if you're homeless in Bondi, someone will be telling you about Wayside. Mm. Uh, so regularly people come by that kind of way of referral. Uh, if everything from um, juvenile justice to um, you know through to through to parole officers through to um, even the police you know through to other community organisations they, they know about Wayside and, and they know we're a bit different they know that they um, one of our one of our core values is no judgment mm-hmm. so they just know that they can send their people to us and that that's they're going to find acceptance we may not be able always to help them in the way that they need exactly how to be helped. But the starting point will be that there won't be judgment. They'll be able to come as they are and we'll, we'll do what we can, always. One of the things that really jumped out at me when I was researching Wayside, sort of the thing I least expected to read, was the 
crazy role that gardening is playing yes. in helping the visitors yes. to the wayside channel. Yes. So, and we're not just talking a little bit of gardening for fun here. No. The King's Cross one is 200 square metres, 50 organic fruits, herbs, vegetables, rainwater tanks, solar panels, worm farms, compost systems, and beehives. And beehives, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and the yeah. Bondi one is a more recent one. And it's got and their produce as well. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And our produce goes to some of the local cafes now, yes. right? yeah, as well as in our own cafe. And this one in Potts Point, so Billy Kwong. That's right, Billy Kwong, that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So yeah. What, what effect have you seen the gardening have oh, on the business? Yeah, here? look, for some of our visitors, it's just that, that sometimes... No one's ever had any faith in them to kind of even just do gardening. Mm. So, so our gardener, and I'll give him a plug, is John, John Kingston, uh, gardener of the stars, and he's just, he's just gorgeous. He's just this kind of man who'll give you all the time you need and, and will have all this faith in you to let you have a go, and, and he'll give you enough information to, so you're having a good go, mm-hmm. and, and, and enough guidance and enough practical kind of like... Um, Guidance, you know, like like that. That this is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. And and you get in and do it. Your hands get dirty. Uh, and the garden has such a. I mean, he could talk about this so much better than I can. But the garden has such a rejuvenating sense for a lot of our visitors because, you know, for a lot of them, they they, they just didn't ex- haven't experienced that growing up. Mm-hmm. It might sound a bit odd, but but gardening is something that um, doesn't cross your mind when you're living on the street. Yeah, you know, of or, or when, when you're trying to get your next score or, um, you know, when you're struggling with an addiction or when you're homeless or when you're, uh, you know, it, it just, or when you when your relationships are breaking down, gardening's probably the last thing. Well, exactly. Life. It's sort of the polar opposite of yeah. what you'd envisage normal life to be for someone living on the street. Mm. It's a serene, quiet, you know, earthy, something you grow, you put your exactly. time up into the land and you reap the rewards. Exactly. It's the opposite. It's, it's exactly. And, and I think having that, giving them, giving our, our visitors an opportunity to, to actually care and tend to the earth in that kind of way, uh, for so many of them, it, it's just the best, I know it's the best part of their week, they'll tell you that themselves. Yeah. It's just, that's the part of the week they look forward to, is getting into the garden and making a difference that way. Well, yeah, you set them a task and they can, yeah. you know, see it grow. They can. Yes. I'm sure it's one of the first times they might experience that sense of achievement, yeah. you know, yeah. which is which is harder out in the street. I mean, I mean, only a couple of weeks ago we were harvesting the... We've got native bees here in, in Bondi, at our, uh, in our garden in Bondi, and we were harvesting the honey from that. And oh, it's just yeah. in the crowd around just to have a look at, at what's going on here. And John got visitors, got our visitors to get in and do it. And, yeah, it's just kind of... It, it's just a real hands-on... Uh, experience. Yeah, mm. I'm sure it must feel therapeutic or meditative for them as well. You know, yes, because yes. you know, I've seen the gardens that they're just, you know, it's sort of it feels like you're not in the middle of a city. Yes. It feels like this weird little mm. corner of just paradise where everything's a bit calmer and a bit slower, and you can just exactly get on with it, zone out, and, and exactly. do your job. Like our, our little garden cafe in Bondi has it's transformed the space. The space used to be dark. I mean, our community service centre actually, when we when the church first bought it in '93 or whatever, was a, actually was a brothel. Really, it was, it was being used as a brothel, and the church bought it. And uh, <laughs> a church bought a brothel. We did, this yeah, is yeah, a story yeah. In itself. It is, and uh, and so um, <laughs> the backspace used to be where the jacuzzi was, where the guests, where the clients were being entertained. And so where our garden is, it's kind of got it's got this history to it, where um, it, it's just transformed the space. Like it was, it hadn't had a lot of care, I suppose. And, and, and yeah, it's just transformed the space into a, like our garden cafe, you people walk into the, into our, walk through our building and just get to the back and, and you can see a jaws drop and just go, oh, 
Like it's just got such a lovely feeling. It, it just feels like it's a, it's a peaceful place. Uh, it's a, it's a, a transformative place in that yeah you can um, sit down like like you go to a cafe you get served. Um, but the garden's right there beside you. Yeah. You're sitting in it, like you're sitting in the garden. It's just beautiful. And there's a particular focus on indigenous plants as well. There is, that, exactly. Which is great with so many of the visitors come here being Aboriginal. I'm sure that's yes, a exactly. great way for them to reconnect Exactly. So actually, it's, it's described so beautifully on the website. I need to re- read it out. I wonder if John wrote this. He says, The purpose of the garden is to create a community, teach living skills, practice sustainability, engage with our neighbours, and beautify the space. Mm. That, that sounds just, like John. That's nasty. <laughs> I don't know John, but that sounds like John. It just seems to cover every single yeah, element, you know. And it's yeah. it's it's more than a garden. It's teaching you yes. skills that you could use, you know, in the outer yeah. world. You know, this, yeah. these are all things you can put in place to succeed. And and it, what what and, this, and you'll hear me say it a couple few times. But the, but what it really succeeds it is this creating community with no us and them. Yeah. So, so you don't have to be homeless to be worth being in our garden. Like we've got a couple of our volunteers, the people who just love gardening. And they'll come down, and, and that's the whole creating community with no us and them, people forming other networks and friendships beyond just your normal kind of like who you normally hang out with. Mm. Um, yeah, there's this real sense in which we've got it, it, the garden is the place where it's, it's a little um, crucible of that kind of stuff, like where people are, are gathering together with a focus of gardening, but also meeting. Yeah. yeah. I guess the next thing we have to speak about is, is the chapel itself. Right. So we are sitting in it. I'm mm-hmm. with the Reverend. Mm-hmm. It's called the Wayside Chapel. But I guess, you know, the idea of... When, you, when I hear the word chapel, I think of religion. Yes. And obviously religion can be a, a sensitive subject, particularly when someone who has faith is trying to talk to someone who does not. Yep. You know. So I guess for a lot of people, for me in particular, I felt that religion can often be used as a sort of structure to, to hang on different morals and different life lessons upon it. You know, and actually yeah. what religion you, you believe in is is irrelevant you know it's just the fact there's a structure in place to help you direct life Mm. how Mm. you found it as a reverend sort of meeting people and and discussing religion without trying to put people off or or sound too preachy or you know come across in any way like that you're about to find out yeah (laughs) go on go on give me the sales pitch no it's interesting um because i'm i'm probably one of the most and, and a lot of ministers would probably say this, but I'm probably one of the most least religious ministers yeah. around. So, for instance, um, I, you know, I kind of forgot it was Ash Wednesday this week, <laughs> yeah. if, you know, if you know what I mean. Like, and there are all the pancake memes. You're, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. it was about Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and there's an expectation in our community that I'll walk around on Wednesday with the ash, you know. So, yeah, yeah. so I had to sort of, um, you know, get myself ready for yesterday. Um, but, I, yeah, look, religion's been used as a, as a weapon as well you know I mean that's one of the other ways that it's been used and I I guess I don't know, the, the, the key the key message that, that we've sort of been carrying for, for the last thousand years I say to people that you know the church's industry has been guilt and fear you know and we've, we've assumed that's going to produce people who want to turn up at church Mm. And and that's what we've been really good at: guilt and fear, guilt and fear, guilt and fear. And and and, I, and somewhere in there, we've lost a sense of life. Like we've lost a sense of um, like our message is meant to be about about um, about abundant living. But all we t- but but most of the church's message has been about morality and around mm. um, what are you doing wrong. Uh, and and in fact, we've sort of been the fun police. And I really think that 
I mean, from my perspective, I, I, um, I say to people, I, people often pin me down for, like, when they find out I'm a minister, they want to have a, an argument about beliefs with me. And I say, look, we can do this if you like. I'm not much of an arguer when it comes to God. God's big enough and ugly enough to look after himself. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to argue with you about God. But secondly, I probably don't believe in the same God you don't believe in. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't believe in an angry, smiting, uh, um, vindictive, bipolar, um, hard-to-please, unforgiving God. That's, that's, I don't know that God. I used to know that God. But I, I hit a, I, I, yeah, I kind of hit a point a, a number of years ago where I realised I didn't like, didn't, I don't know that God. I don't want to know that God. So, um, so my real sense of things is just about trying to carry a message that, actually, I'm not going to quote anything religious in particular. My, my current favourite Greek philosopher comes from the first and second century um, Pictetus, a Pictetus, sorry, Pictetus. Oh, that's a good name. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he and my favourite quote of his is just something that goes along the lines of, um, first know who you want to be, then you'll know what you want to do. So I, I just come to the point where, in my own sense of faith and my own sense of what I think God's trying to call me into, is is all about um, compassion, empathy, generosity, gratitude. Uh, inclusion, mercy, forgiveness, kindness, patience. As I said, love. Love's in there somewhere, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, and, and then my actions will follow that. Now, I, I happen to believe that's also like what the key of the Christian message should really be about. Yeah. Um, I think the other problem, too, is we, we've individualised the faith so hard. Like uh, with, since the Industrial exactly. Revolution in particular, the faith become this real personal kind of... We've, and we've lost all sense that, it, that it's... Um, I mean, I say to people, when Jesus encounters when Jesus encounters people who come to him because they don't quite know what to do with themselves, or when they've got themselves in a little bit of a pickle, he'll always send them back to community. The answer will be found when you find your space and your contribution to the people around you, loving your neighbour, if you like. So, so that's my kind of, if you like, that's my religion. Like, yeah. that's my faith. That's, um, I... I I won't say it too often because I know a lot of people don't kind of get it or or, or it puts people off. But I, mm. I'm an, I'm an, a fervent, I'm a, I'm a passionate follower of Jesus. But for me, that's not about morals. That's about making a difference for good in the world. Yeah. Mm. And you have meetings here every Sunday, am I right? Yeah, Sunday, every Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have two different services. The morning service is a little bit more traditional. I get to, to preach as such. And then the afternoon services, is, we do it in a circle and we do it in a round and um, the very first week I turned up, my three musicians met me at the door and they said, hi, I'm, you know, bang, 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 the three names. And they said, uh, we've all got schizophrenia. And that's my three musicians. Oh, wow. And they are the most gorgeous people you'll ever meet in all your life. And, and, and it just makes the whole afternoon serve. I love my morning service too. And, and, and we're really good at, I say to people, what we're really good at is being loving and compassionate. And as someone described the other day, we're just a come as you are kind of church. You just come as you are and we'll take you, we'll, like you don't, you can leave. You don't have to put on any show. We're not a per, we're not a ch perfect church. We're not a church for perfect people. Mm. Um, we're also not a church that's going to pick out your faults. We're just a church that's going to walk with you and walk with each other. Uh, and I'm thankful for that because I've got my own sort of mess in my life at times. That you know that I'm thankful for them. They've been really good with me in that regard. Those kind of regards too. I'm sure. I'm sure there must have been stories of people who have come here 
reluctantly when they hear the word church or chapel yeah. and experience that for the first time and yes. and turn around or enjoy just being in the community or enjoy being in a room talking about this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Have exactly. there been instances of that? You know, people leaving in a different state to that that they enter in. Yeah, I I, I think you're right, and and, and we're, we're you know sometimes people come just once or twice, but other times they they'll come and stay and. Um, and, and it's not about, for me, it's not like I'm not here to try and run the biggest church in Bondi or Sydney or whatever. I'm, I'm here to run, I'm just here to be the leader of, uh, we're just trying to be genuine and we're just trying to be true to what we believe the message to be and that's about love. Mm. So that means sometimes, you, yeah, you take people however they are. Some people hit us on the worst day of their life and um, and no judgment, We we just... It just become one of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I see. That's a much easier message to, to sell as well. You know, I'm not trying to convert you into yeah. my religion. I'm just trying to convert you towards sure. acting with love and treating everyone. Now, again, way. if you've got anyone who's really just listening to this, they might not like what I'm about to say. No. <laughs> but but I, uh, I, I mean, I'm not one for converting people. Yeah. Like, I don't, I actually would really reject that. Convert's what you do when you shift, when you shift your car from being, you know, petrol to LPG. Or, you know, if you are, you know, a conversion is sort of like maybe from Christianity to being Muslim or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a conversion. But but most people, I think most people within them have something, like, I don't get me wrong, I fully accept there's a whole bunch of people who reject all of this. Um, but, but I think there's this real sense a lot of people have some sense of there's something bigger than themselves. But they just don't either have the, the language or the experiences or the... Um, the the sense of accept self acceptance, or that they might be accepted, to to to, to connect, mm. you know, and that's what I that's, well, I see myself more as a connector than a converter. I just see myself as being here to help people find either the language or the experience or the like, like to, to be captured again by something that's bigger than us. That's awesome. Mm. That's bigger than us, and 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 really takes delight in us. It is that like I don't think like I think most people think that God's starting point is this real angry. Um, disappointed, um, judging kind of place yeah, yeah. of us all, you know, but but um, but in reality, I think the bottom line is God just takes delight in each every one of us and kind of weeps with us when we're weeping or, or weeps when we when we when we're when we're kind of just messing it up. Um, so um, you know, there are a lot of people who, who, again, I don't, I'm not here, to, I don't try and convert anybody to anything. I I'll just sit with you and journey with you and, and we'll chat about it and we'll. See if we can find some common ground that that helps you to to um to connect with what you know in yourself is true, which is a that loves the the, the what makes us all sing, and it's um you know it's love that makes is going to make the difference in our world. Now, love also gets you killed. Um, it does, like it, there's a lot of people rejecting it, like love, like it's a very conditional word for many people. Yeah, but but love in the way that we're called to live it. Um, um, you know, it's meant to be courageous, and it's and it's and it lives with difference, and it lives with, um, you know, it, it lives in the face of hatred and indifference and greed, and it lives in the face of um, um, judgment and, and and racism and sexism and gen, you know, all that kind of stuff, um, and, and and discrimination like like love when when that when the voice is heard that way. Um, yeah, it, it it doesn't love. Love is not an easy thing. Yeah, that makes sense. It I does. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of sounding like this is more a church of love than a church of religion. It's sort of the 
the message I'm getting. But I guess the idea of, of there being something bigger than ourselves and the hope that that can bring mm. is so important. You know, not just to anyone who's homeless. You know, let's not categorize oh, all homeless people must think that's, that that means the world to them. That's everyone, right? Mm. Everyone needs that hope mm. and that belief. And religion can provide that. Anything can provide that. But mm. you know, mm. if you can hold on to that as a as a as a sort of passionate goal sets, you know, yeah, then yeah. do it because only only good things come from exactly that. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. No, now, exactly right. a chapel wouldn't be a chapel without a choir. So, <laughs> tell me, yeah, yeah. you've got three musicians who are schizophrenic. <laughs> now, tell me, <laughs> tell me about the choir you started. Yeah, so we've just started, last night we launched a pub choir. We did yes. it in our cafe. So when I say a pub choir, I mean that there's a, there's, we're, look, it's a blatant rip-off of uh, the pub choir uh, movement. So, so we're doing it in our cafe downstairs in the Heart Cafe uh, on uh, once a month on a Wednesday night, and you can go to our website to check it out or our Facebook page um, to check it out. But we do this thing just simply where you come along. You don't. There's no performance. There's no audition. There's no. You don't have to be at a particular level mm-hmm. to be with us. You just got to want to sing. And so again, in the spirit of creating community with no us and them, you can come along and bring your voice. And we we learn us one song in harmony. Mm-hmm. And we do that over the course of the night. What was the song last night? Last night, <laughs> last night was Sher's Believe. So uh, done in a more in a slower melodic version. It's my mum's favourite song. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was funny because, like, look at it. The musician we've got two. I've got two other musos who are really talented guys, really gifted, and and. They're the most relaxed and calm choir masters you'll ever meet. It was their first time doing it last night, and we had a ball. We had an absolute ball with the song. We had an absolute ball with each other, and we were led so well. And so, and so, um, yeah, they they were really keen on doing this song, this particular song, um, and it was great. It worked well for us. It just worked really well. We we, we nailed it, and it was in, again. You'll be able to see the footage online. Oh, you need to send really it to her. It. She needs to see this. Yeah, you yeah. Need to get send a share it to your mum. Let her see it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. mum, share. She get a copy. <laughs> you need to see what she thinks of it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like it was just. It was just. It, I, I had. A, I, I seriously like like an. You know, it might sound a bit nutty, but. But I had one woman say to me today, one of our volunteers said to me, it was one of the best nights of her life. Ugh. Because I don't think she'd ever been to a choir thing before singing in harmony. And, and where there's no performance. We threw the doors open and all of Bondi, like all of our area in Bondi had us. I had another woman, and I kid you not, who's pulled me up on the street who'd been there last night, who said, every morning I wake up racked in pain, I feel stiff and sore, and I woke up this morning feeling free. Just by, just by, and you know, it does. It doesn't make sense rolling off my lips, but it, but it, that's her truth, and, and I, I'm going to believe her because it was such a good night. Yeah. So if you love singing, check us out. Come along. There's no, there's no room for prima donnas really because you're going to be disappointed with the rest of us. But um, but we we come along, we sing, we have a great time, and uh, we're doing it again on April the eighth. April the eighth. Right. So normally it'll be the last Wednesday of the month. Yeah. Uh, but it, and so yeah, the April the eighth is the next one. And again, you learn harmony, whether you know how to sing harmony or not. You'll learn some harmonies. And it's the most successful choir ever. It's been going for one night. You've changed two people's <laughs> lives. You've learned a song. You videoed it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it is. Christ. Yes. Now um, look into the future. In terms of, I've sort of read that the um, the number of homeless people in New South Wales has sort of been on the increase. I know mm. between 2011 and 2016 in particular, mm. it rose. What can we do to try and combat that? You know, is it is it a question of 
movements like Wayside Chapel being better funders do more the, more than they are doing? You know, mm. what, what? How can we fix it? You know, what can we do? It's a complex problem. It's a complex issue, and it, and it requires a multitude of different responses. Um, there's no doubt about it. Like, there's no one simple fix on any yeah. of this. It took us. It's taken us. Um, 200 and whatever the years of white settlement to make this mess in Australia. Mm. Um, it's a worldwide phenomena issue. It's growing as the divide between the the, the rich and the poor can you know grows and gets even more you know continues to grow. But there's going to be much more homelessness. I mean, there's, it, it's not something that that um, it, it's not something we're going to be able to turn around tomorrow. Mm. Um, and, and I'm not even really sure that our government. Wince as I say that because I'm going to start sounding political, but I don't think any of our governments really, I don't think either side of politics really has a great grasp of, um, or an appetite even, to really fix up some of the real issues that that um, create homelessness. So uh, it, it it's one thing to build houses, but we really need to build communities. Mm. It's one thing to put people into housing but to build a home is a whole other issue, somewhere where you want to be and, and to be you know, connected in with your neighbours. Um, they're two different things, you know, like, like one's bricks and mortar and the other one is spirit and will yeah. and, you know, um, that, that sense of community and contribution and connection. So, um, so there are, I mean, I mean, I'm part of the Sydney Alliance, so, you know, we have um, particular... Um, movements around affordable housing and, and that, that's not really a homelessness issue in a sense but but affordable housing is, is one one way, uh, you know increase in affordable housing um, but we just got to, we've just really got to increase the number of um, public housing houses that we have but if we really want to fix homelessness we've really got to build communities mm. so um, I say to people we, 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 unfortunately, and the mess we've got ourselves into is that we no longer live in a society, we live in an economy. And, and, and from government to business and even into interpersonal, react, in interpersonal relationships, um, what really matters is your commodity worth. You know, yeah. how, what you can buy or, or, or how much you can earn is the most important question people ask um, about you almost. And, and we've and that's how government works. I mean, you know, like like getting to the a budget surplus seems to have been the most important thing on anyone's agenda in the last thirty years. Um, no one really ever says how are we going to how how are we seriously going to deal with drugs, yeah. homelessness, mental health. I mean, we, we you know we've got a particular scheme in place that seems to be being dismantled mm. in terms of um, disabilities. Um, we, we have um, state government in place that that has no appetite at all for pill testing or, or for, um, you know, drugs are, drugs are still a, a criminal issue. Like, like, we don't see it as a social issue. We yeah. just see it as, um, in, you know, we, we think we're going to stamp it out by putting people in prison. Not going to work. Never going to work. Um, so, so I think until we have... We, won't, we don't ever really, I don't think, tackle homelessness seriously until we start seeing each other again as people. That's all part of the same picture, all with a part to play, with a contribution to make, with some value that's more than just what we earn. Yeah. Um, now, that's not going to happen tomorrow either. So, 
Yeah, I, I'm not saying there's no answer. I'm just saying it actually takes a big turnaround, though, in, I think, to really, to really deal with homelessness. Mm. It takes a massive turnaround in the direction we're headed. In terms of individually, mm. the every man, the general public, yes. what are we doing wrong? You know, what is the one mistake we are all making mm. in terms of the way that we approach or communicate or probably don't communicate yes. with the homeless? Yes. And, and how can we fix that? Great question. And, and I think it, it does start with people like you and I. Just, just one-on-one, being prepared. I mean, you said you started out by saying, you know, you've been on, you worked on filthy rich and homeless. Mm. And, and there's a real, um, I mean, I think you, you know from the people who have been on, on that show, as well as people who are homeless, is you become invisible. You become um, like your worth and your value it becomes zero yeah. over like as soon as you as soon as you hit the street and that's your or you're couch surfing or you're in a boarding house or whatever and you can't get proper care or you know and you can't look after yourself in the way you'd like to um or in the way that helps you to feel like you fit in um as soon as that happens to you then you become subhuman mm. so it takes people like you and i to to restore it takes people like you and I to to meet people who are homeless, say hello, like like to. No, I, no, I know that's not always easy. It's, it's there's a little bit, and I'm not suggesting just if people go willy nilly and start shaking homeless people by the hand. Um, but I would say that get yourself involved in some way, small way, shape or form, where you get to get to meet somebody who's homeless, or, or you know befriend befriend somebody um, in a safe place, like like that's. You know, find find a regular coffee buddy who happens to be homeless. Like like, buy them and yourself a coffee. Mm. I always say to people too, it's an important thing, not just to do it for, but to do it with. Yeah. So take the time to be with. Don't don't just do it for, because for is charity. With is humanity. Like it's got that dignity about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That's a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, like it's a real challenge. It's a it's a much harder thing. It's much easier to, to put going if for anyone who's working and, and doing okay in life, it's much easier to I'm guilty of this too. Much easier to reach in your wallet, find ten bucks, fix the problem. Yeah. I I I'm absolving my guilt by giving you ten bucks or mm. putting give buying your coffee. It's much more humane to buy two coffees than to sit and have one with somebody. Yeah. That's a lovely bit of advice. Yeah. And now before we go, last week was Valentine's Day. Ah, yes. <laughs> now, I got told off not doing enough for my girlfriend, but in my defence, the Wayside Chapel, the Wayside Chapel said, we want undies. Yes. I've gone and bought some undies. Right. I know I'm too late. I know I'm a week late. No, yeah. But for what it's worth, Always. I've got a load of undies. Yes. Give them out to whoever you want to. <laughs> it feels weird to give some pants to a minister. I know, I know. No, a... it does a bit. I'll, but I will receive them. It's great. You Thank are. you. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Look, we... we um, most of our people like just having clean undies can make your day yeah. so a lot for a lot of our visitors and for many, for a few of our male visitors they're going to love this you know because just having clean undies can make your day so well, uh, thank you so much I'm glad pants can make someone's day that's good yeah, that's right. <laughs> but thank you so thank much thank you Hamish thank, thank you. you for sharing with us you provide a really nice sort of calming wise insight into all of this and I, yeah I've loved, I've loved talking to you thank Great. you thank you likewise thank you so much yeah. for taking the time thank not you. at all not at all get yourself down to Wayside Chapel everyone come support Do what you, if you're not here you should be here come on down come to the choir if you, if you can mm. April 8th 8th, 8th, of, April. 8th yeah, of April 8th of April yeah yeah come down to that yeah, come to the Heart Cafe come and if you're, if you're a local come to the Heart Cafe or if you're 
visiting. That's a helpful thing too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. Listening to that man for an hour doesn't relax you, then I don't know what will. What a wonderful, wonderful man. I learned so much from that episode and really, really enjoyed recording it. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as I did creating it. And next week's episode is going to be a little bit tricky, I guess, because of the current situation. We're recording this at the time of Corona. I find it difficult to justify sitting down with people or inviting Nick to come along and, and film it. So it might be done over the phone. They might be put on pause until this, this blows over. Although it's difficult to say that because we don't know how long it'll last. Um, I do want to keep doing them. I'll try and keep doing them. There's lots of people who are sitting at home doing nothing. So it's, it's a good time to approach people to try and record these things. And there's a lot of people wanting to listen to podcasts or spending hours on their phone. So it's a good time to, to be releasing them. Anyway, if you did enjoy this podcast, please do tell your friends. As I mentioned, they're all on YouTube. So check that out at Hack Chats. I'm on Instagram at Hack Chats. Subscribe to it, leave a comment, and uh, and let's see if we can get this thing to grow. Thank you so much for listening, and tune in next week or soon, or wherever it will be. God knows, the world's gone a little bit mad, so it's hard to predict. Um, do keep tuning in, and I will speak to you then. Thank you very much. Keep safe, and speak soon.